What's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Phenom College Basketball Show. I'm with Dean again. Dean, how was your long weekend? It was good. Yeah, uh, mostly schoolwork. So. <laughs> yeah, it was nice for extra day off to yep. watch some more games and just kind of chill yeah, on sure. Monday. For sure. And one of the games we want to kind of get right into a uh, big game over this long break, I guess you could say, was Baylor and Kansas. Yeah, uh, the biggest, you know, biggest game we've had in a while in college basketball, I'd say. And Baylor went out there and they, for the most part, I'd say they handled them. You know, Kansas definitely had a lot of fight, um, especially in that second half when they were, they started to fight back. I think they got to five at one point, but for the most part, Baylor was able to take them, I'd say, pretty easily. They, so, yeah, it was it was a, a whole it was a good team performance from uh, Baylor, and they were able to handle them pretty well. Yeah, it was a, another kind of just tough loss for Kansas. They played another good team. We saw them play Texas earlier, and now they got Baylor, and they drop another one. Which I mean, these are. By no means bad losses. Baylor is the second best team in the country. They haven't lost, and they've looked great in every game they've played to the most part. And, I mean, in the beginning, it kind of just looked like it was another, like, just old Baylor game where they were going to just blow their opponent out. And But then at the end, like you said, Kansas started fighting back, and they actually won the second quarter and got it real close towards the end, but Baylor wasn't going to let them have that win. Yeah, and I, uh, and I, I oh, there you go, you go. Uh, yeah, so just one of the, like at the end that I thought was really like good for Baylor is, uh, I think we talked about it, well, last week, um, McCormick, he didn't have as much of a presence as he did against Texas. He ended up only having uh, six points and he was in, I think he was in single digits for like points, rebounds, and maybe had a block or two. And he just, he didn't really take that many shots and it just didn't feel like he was kind of, he just, his presence wasn't, presence wasn't felt in the paint. And I feel like for Kansas to win some games, they need to, I mean, he's got to have a, he's got to be kind of that guy in the paint that they can get the ball to similar to Azubuki last year. He's kind of got to be that force in the paint. And obviously he didn't get to play as much. He only played for about 19 minutes. So that explains some of it compared to their guards uh, who played, more time and I'm not even going to try to say his name but Ochai he looked great towards the end getting some shots to fall he wasn't looking too great um, efficiency wise throughout the beginning but then he started hitting some threes same with um, Braun and they they their backcourt their guards just started picking it up and they started bringing Kansas uh, closer towards Baylor but the it wasn't a whole team effort at the end and they they just couldn't get that lead. Yeah, and I'd say other than like Brown, Christian, is it Christian? Yeah, Christian Brown from Kansas. I mean, he had a great game by, you know, he only averages 10, 11 a game, and he had 17 on great, on great shooting. Five yeah. Six. At the, yeah, he was looking lights out towards that second half. Yeah, if he misses, you know, two, three of those, then it's a 14 point game. And I mean, you know, then you know, normal night, yeah, Baylor wins by a little bit more. And I think that, I mean, I think that that doesn't 
definitely doesn't make Baylor number one, but makes the gap a little bit closer between him and Gonzaga. Yeah, and I also, like you said, it's a good point to bring up that if guys like him who are kind of just role players who you expect to get uh, 10 points out of on average night, if those guys can hit their shots and shoot five or six from three and get 17 points, that's exactly what you're looking for. But when your other bigger name players like uh, McCormick and Ochai aren't really shoot, aren't either they aren't shooting or they're not shooting with efficiency is what's uh, what was Kansas's problem against Baylor. But I mean, it was pretty much the exact opposite for Baylor. Jared Butler looked amazing. He shot 10 for 14, seven for nine from three and eight assists. He just, he just looked like that guy. He's one of my favorite guys to watch in college basketball. He's a great shooter, a great uh, primary guy for Baylor, and he's just exciting to watch. Yeah, and if they don't, I mean, Jalen Wilson had four. So, I mean, that's, he averages like 14, 15 a game. It's, you know, shows Baylor's defense and also. Yeah, the big guys. Did, uh, him and uh, McCormick combined only had, uh, what, 13 shots. They shot five for 13 combined. Neither of them got to the free throw line once. They had seven combined rebounds and 10 combined points, which just, I mean, 10 points and seven rebounds is what you're hoping to get from at least one of them. And when that's their combined performance, I mean, that does not deserve a win, especially over Baylor and any other team, especially. But Kansas right now, or when they played Baylor, was ranked uh, number... Were they? I think they were ranked nine. I can't remember. Maybe. Uh, yeah, they were nine. Yeah, and they since then have not played any other game. They are playing. They have a two other Big Twelve games: Oklahoma and TCU before they go against Tennessee, which I think is a must-win at this point for them. They need to prove that they're. They need to get some placement in this Big Twelve, and or excuse me, it's Tennessee's in the SEC, but still they need to, I'm trying to say here is like, they need a bigger a win over mm-hmm. a bigger opponent. They need to, they really have only their big losses of like Texas and Gonzaga Baylor. And they had a rough loss to Oklahoma state that they could have won, but then they've beaten teams like Texas tech and West Virginia, who we thought were better teams at the time, but it's kind of just how we've like proved again and now and again that, those teams that are outside the maybe three or four teams that are legit, you can't really consider, I mean, top 10 teams, they're going to drop. You don't never know when they're going to drop a game, even if it's to an unranked opponent or some underrated team in their conference. So Kansas definitely needs to prove that they are a good big 12 team. And I think they, I think they are the second best team in the big 12. I obviously Baylor is number one, but I think they, if they are playing to their, fullest potential their guys like we've said the big men are playing how they should be and their guards play like that I think they can beat Texas and uh, should be in the conversation for as a top 10 can uh, top 10 college basketball team and my prediction for them going into the tournament is I think they'll end up being a a three seed for the tournament yeah yeah three, three seed sounds about right um yeah, I would, I would say Texas is second best. We can just agree to disagree there. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, every, everything you said is that's valid. All right. Thanks. So moving on, we wanted to 
we each have three, uh, three guys, three kind of NBA prospect guys that we've been watching that we kind of wanted to just talk about for a, a minute or two and just kind of give our thoughts on why we kind of like these guys specifically. So you want to start off with those guys, Dean? Yeah, sure. So I'll do my first one. My first one is my, uh, my mid-major guy, and that would be Tavion Kinsey out of Marshall. Now, uh, I'm just going off of the mock, my the mock draft and the scouting reports coming off of NBA Draft That's where I'm getting all this from, and they have him going early second, and that's what I've seen early second for him. He's uh he is a junior, so age is a little you know, especially with the NBA is looking for younger yeah. guys now. It's a little up there, but um, the the key you know I see you know your pro NBA is all about shooting and athleticism. You can't, you know, traditional bigs are going away. You got to be able to shoot threes. You got to be able to score. And that's what I, I believe Kinsey's one of the best scorers in the nation. I watched, uh, they play Western Kentucky, and I watched both of those games. And I mean, they're both really good games, like up there with some of the high major games that I've watched. And they're both evenly matched teams. They got a lot of athleticism. Uh, you know, watching Kinsey and Bassey go up against each other was pretty. It, they're both they're they're both great games and Kinsey he can score anywhere he can score um you know he, he, he's a good three-point shooter he can take it to the rim he's a he's a dunker he's got a lot of you know highlight package type stuff that you know it, if he made it you'd see on Bleacher Report how to highlight stuff like that and he's having a great junior year for Marshall he's helping take him to as I bring this up here um he has him at, uh, let me see here, seven and four right now, which isn't great. They're only one and three in CUSA play, but two of those games are to Western Kentucky. So Western yeah. Kentucky is one of the you know, top 40, 50 teams in the country, and he's averaging 20 and a half right now for them. Six and a half rebounds, four assists, 48% from three, 58% from the floor, which for a guard, that's, yeah, that's great. great. Uh, yeah, I've seen a little bit from I've heard of uh, I've heard of Kinsey some and I mean what I've seen is like his points per game have just gone up every year he's played and he's just kind of that guy the NBA is looking for he's a six five guard so he's a taller guard he's great at rebounding he's athletic he has some playmaking ability and he's just that kind of raw scorer that the NBA is looking for so I think that I I do like that pick and so with my first pick, I got from the G League, I have Jonathan Kuminga. So Kuminga is, he's, he's, a, he's a great prospect. He is right now projected as a lottery pick for sure. And he has potential to go as a top five pick. But I, what I think makes him a top five lock is that he, Kuminga is a great athlete and he's, Right, he's listed as six seven, and he can play either forward spot, and that's kind of what I love about uh, Kaminga and guys like him. These athletic forwards who are kind of being transitioned to in the NBA, like you said, away from these uh, traditional bigs, is he's kind of just like that explosive athletic forward. That's uh, he's he's just he's got a great frame, and he's very skilled as well, but obviously he's still a really young guy. He's not played in college. He's, he's still got some polishing up to do, but I think once he kind of 
solidifies his shooting, especially three-point shooting as a forward, uh, he, he'll be a real threat to teams because right now he he is so explosive in uh, the G League and he can beat almost anyone off the dribble that he goes against. Although one thing I would have to say is that he might need to be a little more creative against these NBA guys because NBA guys aren't like any like college or G League players. They're older, they're uh, stronger, they're just more matured defenders and they kind of know what to expect. But I think he has that raw talent and can develop develop this skill. He kind of has a skill similar to a guard like uh, uh, Jalen Brown or maybe Victor Oladipo, who's athletic and great around the rim, but he's got that height advantage along with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think from what you know, I've, I've seen from him, he's a, he, he's a good defender too, so he can go both ways. And yeah, if he, you know, gets his uh, offensive game a little bit better for the NBA, then, yeah, I think he could be a, a great player. Looking at the website right here, they their player comparison for him was uh, Sean Marion, which I think matches up. Well. Yeah. You know, I think also says uh, to Jalen Brown, and I actually I, – I really agree with that because I think he has a similar skill set to how Jalen Brown did, except he's got the size advantage and he's taller. Okay, so I'm Jared. I'm kind of my next guy. Yeah. All right. So I have uh, my next guy is from Alabama. Who, ever since we talked about him last week, beat out, destroyed Arkansas, destroyed LSU. So, our you know thoughts on them are holding up so far, and the, their main guy, which is John Petty. Now, John Petty, um, he's a senior, so again, a little bit older, and kind of the same. Kind of the same things I can say for Kinsey, I can say for Petty. Petty's a lot better defender, and I, I do I do go different on my last pick here. But uh, um, yeah, he's a good defender. Good, he can play both ways. He has that athleticism, and scoring ability that I think can maybe not not athleticism, but his scoring ability definitely I think can hold up in the NBA. And he's a great defender too. Um, in their the games last week, since we since we uh had our last podcast, they played Arkansas and LSU, two of the top teams in the SEC, both with draft prospects. Now, yeah. against Arkansas, um, Moses Moody, who people have top 10 late lottery pick, uh, they, he went up against Petty, and he did outscore him. You know, Moody 28, Petty 17, but Moody also took 25 shots, and he's pretty much almost, almost half of Arkansas shots. He's their entire offense pretty much. And Petty, you know, even though he scored a lot less points than Moody, he did it efficiently, 6 of 10, 5 of 9 from 3. And yesterday against LSU, 30-point win against Cameron Thomas, a guy who people have going late first round, um, he had 24 on 8 of 10 shooting from 3. 8 of 10 from 3, started off 7 for 7. If that, if that doesn't say, you know, NBA guy with, with the way they're going to the three-pointers now, I don't know what does. So he is a senior, so age is a factor there, but I think he has the ability to be something. Yeah, since we caught um, Alabama last week, and I think we – I don't remember if we both agree, but I remember, I'm remember i pretty sure we did uh, say that Alabama was going to come out of the SEC either with one loss or undefeated. I can't remember, but we had a pretty bold prediction on Alabama, and right now they're holding up, and they look great. They're 12-3 uh, and three right now doing great in the SEC, trying to 
getting that spot that Kentucky's left open. And yeah, John Petty, I mean, he's got some crazy hair too. Uh, yeah, he looks, he looks great. He's really efficient. And I, I do love his defense. He's kind of, he, he has a very great perimeter defensive presence. He kind of gets in guys' heads and he, he's, he's very efficient too. But like you said, the age, uh, he's a senior and I don't think it'll have too much to factor in with him. Did, did, um, did you say what he's projected to be right now? What, uh, where in the draft he's projected to go? Um, I think I've seen a couple that have him second round, maybe. I mean, some don't even have him at all. So he's more like the, my, oh, yeah, you know, low, high, high ceiling, you know, high ceiling type of guys. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that could be a great pickup for like a, maybe even like a second round guy for yeah. a backup point guard or for some kind of team like that. But moving on to my second player is my favorite player to watch right now, Jared Butler. I could not uh, turn down talking about him. Uh, so he's the main guy for Baylor right now. He's a six, three guard. And I think I'm pretty sure he's a, yeah, he's a junior. And right now for Baylor, he is, he's averaging uh, almost 17 points, two, two and a half steals, five and a half assists, and about three rebounds. And he is shooting this year specifically compared to his last two years at Baylor. He's shooting so much better from three and from, um, from just the field in general. And two, he's shooting uh, 46% from three, which is much better than his 35 and 38% from the past two years. And he's shooting, um, nearly 50% from the field, which is also a great uh, jump from his last two years. And I think that's what's really helped Baylor this year because we've seen him the last two years. They've been good. Baylor's been a good team. They're usually a good team in college basketball. And these past few years, they've been good, but they've kind of just been like uh, overshadowed by Kansas and the Big 12. And now they're getting their spot right now. They're getting the spotlight. They're undefeated. Jared Butler's holding up that offense. He's got a about a 27% usage rate. And I think Jared Butler is that one, I think he could be the the kind of guy that NBA teams who are lacking in teams like the Spurs or like the Pacers last year who are lacking in that shooting category, who are still kind of playing that old school, uh, taking those inefficient and just unreliable long twos. I think this is a guy who can kind of space the floor out for them. He, he's a good playmaker. I don't think he's a true playmaker. I don't think that's what, if a team uses him for primary, like their primary ball handler, I don't think they're going to get the best out of him. I think he's best as like a two guard where he can like, yeah, like a shooting guard, a traditional shooting guard where he's getting as many shots as he can, whether that be inside or outside the arc. And I just, yeah, I can't, I can't stop watching this guy. He's so exciting to watch, especially when he's doing great, like Kansas, that game, he was lighting it up and on great numbers too. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely one of the most exciting players to watch. He's one of the best players, you know, in the country. And yeah, I think it'd be great. Do you know where he's projected for him now? Uh, yeah, so right now they have him going mid first round or late first round. So kind of like towards the back half of the first round. And he's not, yeah. there's not really any, mock draft that has him inside the lottery and if he, they do he's like 14 so pretty much back end of the first round which I think he could definitely help a team if he 
that area. I think that's a good spot for him mid first round. Yeah, for sure. Because this is a, a guard heavy draft, I think, with guys like uh, Cunningham and I have another guy. My last guy is also a guard that I think is more NBA ready than Jared Butler, but I'll let you talk about your next guy. All right. So my last guy, and you know, I, I had to go one sort of big name here is uh, Greg Brown from Texas freshman. One of the big uh, five-star guys, I think he's a five-star from last year and decided to go to Texas. Like a lot of um, centers do, it seems like Jared yeah. Allen, Miles Anna, uh, Will Baker, I think, but he's transferred, but a, a lot of, a lot of guys go to, especially big guys go to Texas and, Greg Brown is the latest of them, and I think he could be one of the uh, – he could be the most NBA ready for him because his game is translates well to the NBA. He's uh, six foot nine, so a little bit smaller for uh, – you know, but he, he's a power forward, and that's – I think he'll be a power forward when he goes to the NBA. And he's a, he's a great offensive player. He's got a – he can take it to the rim. He's got a great first step. And for a six nine guy, he shoots the ball really well, um, especially from three. I mean, looking at his recent games, he went two for three against Texas Tech. He's not gonna he's not gonna shoot a lot from three, but uh, when he does, he seems to be you know pretty efficient, especially in this, uh, especially recently. You know, he had a spell where he went three of seven, two of seven, three of seven, but then one of three against Kansas, three of four against Iowa State, two of three against Texas Tech. So. He seems to have, you know, he seems as we're going through this season, um, adjusting his game a little bit and skimming a little bit better in the process. And, you know, I, I think, you know, taking this year at Texas instead of, because I think he was offered, you know, a good amount of money from the G League, taking this year at Texas, I think really was really going to help him. And, yeah, he's, he's a great offensive player at all levels. And the uh, website I'm on here, their draft comparison for him is a uh, bigger Aaron Gordon, which I think is a good solid comparison so yeah yeah from what i've seen of greg brown i will say that coming into this year he had a uh, higher expect some pretty high expectations like he said as a big going into texas like we've seen pretty recently with guys like miles turner and just yeah it just seems like a lot of bigs have been going to oh, yeah. going there but um i i just feel like maybe i just have my expectations too high but um i think he should be uh, just taking a little more shots and trying to get involved more. I still think he's uh, definitely NBA ready, even though kind of like what we've seen from him um, on Texas is kind of just him filling his role and uh, just playing to what Texas needs him for. But I think once he gets to the NBA, I think he's one of those guys that's kind of more unheard of compared to like a Kate Cunningham guy who is, will be more impactful in the NBA compared to the style of uh, college college basketball. Yeah, for sure. And I also, well, I mean, Smart's not really playing him either. He's only averaging 22 minutes a game. So I feel like as the season goes on, starts to put him in a bigger role. He's only, I mean, he's only averaging, I mean, 12 and 8 right now in 21 minutes. I mean, that's, that's solid numbers, especially in the Big 12. So, yeah, I, I do agree. I mean, there's definitely a little higher expectations for him coming into the year, but I think as we wind down and smart, maybe starts giving him a little bit bigger role. He could have, he could start breaking out a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point to make. And I think um, if 
who knows if he'll at this point I don't know if he'll change his if he'll his role will get changed much but um say it does maybe we'll get to see more of Greg Brown and maybe he'll make a bigger name for himself like guys like Jared Butler who have been uh increasing their stock compared to Greg Brown where he's just kind of been staying at the same area right now not doing much to increase or decrease it okay so my my last guy I went with another G League uh guy I went with uh Deshen Nix who committed to UCLA but uh uh, went to is now in the G League and he's a younger prospect compared to my other two well actually him and Kaminga are similar I think he's 18 right now and the reason I like Knicks is uh he's like I said this draft is pretty guard heavy and he's another one of those point guards and I think he's they have him rated as the fifth or sixth best uh point guard in the draft kind of right above a few a spot or two above Jared Butler and they got him going like mid first round, maybe 13th or 14th, right inside the lottery. But I see him kind of as that Ty, uh, Tyler Halliburton guy from uh, this, this year's draft. I think he's a great playmaker. I think when he puts his effort in on defense, he can be a good defender. He's a little bit undersized to guard, like compared to Halliburton to guard some bigger forwards. He's six, four, he, um, a, yeah, like I said, he's a younger guy, and he's got great court vision. He sees the floor. He gets his teammates the opportunity, makes his teammates look better, and he does kind of lack that, uh, what, like, finishing around the rim. It seems that he kind of struggles going against bigger guys uh, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. He's not the greatest uh, defender uh, against those bigger guys, and then when he's squaring up against them on the offensive side trying to drive, kind of lacks some of that explosiveness and uh, punch to the rim. But he's just a true floor general that great at getting his uh, teammates the ball. And uh, they got him as a comparison here to Kendall Marshall, which I can see, but I think he has a, definitely has more potential than him. And Yeah, Kendall Marshall didn't do much. Yeah, he's – yeah, most people probably don't even know him. I barely know of him. Yeah. And – yeah, I think this, I think he really has the, if he, I think he, he could, I don't know if he'll be drafted inside the lottery, but I hope to see him drafted inside the lottery. He's really exciting to watch when he's making just some flashy passes and uh, to all those guys and just getting them those open shots. And I mean, who doesn't love like a floor general who's uh, just that great passer that you always need on the floor, like a true point guard. Uh not as similar to Jared Butler where he's a scoring first. This guy Knicks is more of a pass first, getting his teammates the ball and his shooting is kind of just average, but hopefully he can fix up his uh, finishing and, and maybe some of his strength issue. But once he's got that, I think he's a great prospect and I, I would have him as a similar to Halliburton, but not as NBA ready as Halliburton was and not as people were really high on Halliburton. And he was actually projected to go a lot earlier than he did in the draft, which is still higher than I think Knicks will go. Yeah. And uh, I'm interested to see how the G League team does against the the young guys, against the little bit more mature competition. They got what Knicks, Kaminga, Jalen Green. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys going to the G League now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see how this does. This ain't a this ain't the G League podcast though. So. Yeah. So I I wanted to mention just a few things with Illinois because it's been kind of weird because Illinois going into the season um, they were they were ranked pretty high. We were expecting them to be one of the top teams in the country with uh, Ao Dusanumo returning again, and he's one of the best guys in college basketball right now. One of those best guards. He's like that big scoring guard uh, who's great with the ball, and he's carried him and uh, Kofi Cockburn have carried. Uh, Illinois through some of these games, but it's just kind of rough to watch them. They're nine and five right now, I think in the big 10. And they, I think the main problem is because people are all like, they, they have these questions surrounding them. They're 22 ranked 22 right now. And that means there are five teams in the big 10 ranked ahead of them. They're six and three in big 10 play. And I think it's more of the fans full. I think they were overrated in the preseason. I think they had too high of expectations uh, going into the season. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know I had, personally, I had high expectations for them, just thinking that Desumu and Coburn were two of the biggest players last year in college basketball. And the fact that, you know, people were saying, I mean, from what I, from what I remember, a lot of people were just assuming that they were both going to leave. Maybe one comes back. And then I think that the fact that both of them did decide to come back made a lot of people, you know, start. Yeah, it was a shock start, factor. Yeah start you know ranking them yeah i think it's just more of the fact one inexperience and two two stacked conference i mean they got uh from what i've seen of them i think curbello i think that's how you say his name i think he should play over um adam miller i think he's a more brings more to the team from what i from what i've seen him play i've watched a little bit of penn the penn state game and so i'll be running to make that change if i was an illinois fan and I think just the fact that they're in such a stacked conference, I mean, you saw, you know, I mean, Ohio State shot great against them, and that's how they were able to get the win. And I think just just the fact that they don't have a lot of that help, you know, other than Desunmu and Coburn, um, that's why they're starting to fall off a little bit. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's – we just kind of had too high of expectations and some other issues like – with Kofi, just not the greatest free throw shooter, and he's not great at def- defending those other smaller guys. And we've seen a lot of good guards in the Big Ten, uh, which I think just contribute to this Illinois team kind of not fulfilling everyone's expectations as the second best team in the Big Ten and a top five team in the country. But um, we've talked about the Big Ten so much, and I know I know you wanted to uh, talk about one of uh, an article that you found earlier. Yeah. So this um. I mean, I guess it's not totally an article, but it is on it's it is on the internet. It's uh it's from this college basketball news news sort of account called Heat Check College Basketball, and I followed them since the beginning of quarantine. And they came out with a thing that I thought's pretty cool. They call it the Gold Star Guide. So what it does is basically for every you know college basketball game, they have people that look at the box score, and they determine the three best players in that game, sort of like an NHL, the three stars. Um, they have people decide. And you get a certain number of points, you know, for each, depending on if you finish, you know, gold star, they could gold star, silver star, bronze star, and you get more points, you know, depending on what, where you finish there and also the opponent you face. So that sort of factors in. So you don't have, you know, big mid major guys being, you know, in the top, but I, I thought it was a really cool idea. I mean, I'm, I, I like stats and uh, they, uh, 
I thought it did a good job. So I'm just going to go through like the, the top five real quick and then just some of the other big names where they rank. Number one is Luka Garza, which, you know, not a big shocker. Uh, best player in college basketball, probably. Then number two, they have Evan Mobley from USC, um, who's, you know, a lot of people have. We nine, we didn't talk about him, but, you know, he's, he's one of the big guys in yeah. the coming draft. Big, yeah, the best yeah. big man in the draft. Yeah. Uh, number three, they have Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana, who, you know, he, yeah, my guy. he's a lot from what I've seen. I know you're an Indiana fan. You probably talk about him more than I can, but he's a guy. He's, he brings a lot to them. And then at four and five, they have a couple of, they do have a couple of mid-major guys. Nemius Keita from Utah State, who I've heard a little bit about. I've seen a little bit of Finn. He's one of those more traditional bigs that uh, makes a living in the paint, blocking shots, rebounding, and stuff like that. And then number five is Charles Bassey, um, who we've talked about before. The offensive guy in one of the premier players in college basketball right now. But yeah, uh, it's a big dominated top five. I mean, going down, they got um, Basumu at eight, BYU guard, Alex Barcelo at 10. Um, and then some of the other things I noticed, five, wait, yeah, five, six of the top 12 are big, big 10 players. So that's just the star power yeah. in that league, um, which is Garza, Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson at seven, Dasunmu at eight, Marcus Carr at 11, and Coburn at 12. So, yeah, that just shows, you know, the star power they have. Cade Cunningham, 24. Um, Jared Butler, you were talking about 28. And, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty cool, you know, by, like, seeing how they rank all the guys and gives me stuff to watch out for, players to watch out for in some of these games. So, I would encourage people to check it out. Yeah, I like that idea. I like seeing that list. I think it's a great idea. But uh, that's all the time we have today. So, uh Make sure to tune in for our next show next Wednesday. And, yeah, we'll see you guys later. You are listening to the Phenom College Basketball Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, You've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms. So click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show.